Father God, we thank you. Um, we thank you for your inspiration. Lord, we thank you that you inspired a long time ago uh, for your truths to be written down. And that today we may find those truths in what we call the scriptures, in what we call the text, in what we call our scroll, in what we call the Bible. And God, we know that on many occasions it may just feel like words on a page, but it is your spirit that lives on within us that brings these words on the page to life. Lord, I pray that in our following moments, we would open our hearts and our minds to the things that you have for us so that not a single one of us would leave here without knowing full well that the God of the universe and the creator of all things has spoken directly and intimately to us. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be holy and acceptable to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. All who believe, say, bless up. It's good to be back with you guys. Um, I want to share this morning uh, something that has been incredibly influential in my life. In order to do so, I need to take you back to uh, 2009. I was a lot younger then. I was a lot skinnier too. And I was a lot less confident and firm in my faith, but I was learning. I would say that in 2009, I was uh, an infant in my faith. Um, and it was in 2009, early, like second quarter-ish of 2009, that uh, I was invited by leadership of the church that we were attending back then uh, to go with them on this, uh, you could call it a retreat, but it really wasn't restful, um, go on this trip where they would be learning in this cohort, so to speak, alongside 10 or 15 other churches across the country. I have to tell you, I had no business being on this trip. And as a matter of fact, neither did Deshaun. But he had slightly more business than I did, and we were both invited. We were both the, 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 the young people sitting in the back like, what are we even doing here? Like, they're talking about such official stuff, and we're like, you know, thinking about like, do they got like a Burger King nearby? Like, it's just, we were not on that level. Um, but for that week, we learned from these two British dudes, uh, and that was when I discovered uh, my love for, for the British Broadcasting Channel. Um, man, I just think it's so interesting when they spoke. Um, and it was so, like, even things that I had heard before was so much more interesting when they said it. Um, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, where somebody has, has, throughout a period of time, explained something so simple. Or they've, like, shown it in a way that is like, you could, you could teach my kindergartner this. But it's so mind-blowingly profound that you're just like... I'm a child. I can't believe I didn't, like, this is just incredible, right? That entire week was that experience for me. In such simple ways, using shapes of all things, they broke down some of the most foundational theological and ecclesiological truths that I never knew I needed. 
using shapes. And I want to share just one of those with you this morning because I think as this is our first Sunday getting back together officially, I feel like this is a good way to set the tone and make it crystal clear as if the last four weeks, five weeks hasn't done that for us. Make crystal clear who we are and what it really means to be a part of this family. I tell you that entire story Number one, because as a graduate of Malone University, I understand what it, the importance of citing your sources. Uh, people over the age of like 28 got that joke. Like, you've been in the city for a while. If you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and number two, because, and if you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I share that for number two because... I believe that our spiritual life is incredibly simple. It is deep, but it's simple enough that anyone, anyone should be able to engage. I believe Jesus makes it that way so that anyone, no matter who you are, understands that you don't need a theology degree to have a relationship with Christ. I share this with you to let you know that whether this is your first day ever stepping foot in a church and you're already mind blown because you didn't think this is what it was like, whether you're somebody who is still watching this on YouTube because you have yet the courage to join us in person, or if this is your millionth day in church, like it is for some of us, you are all able, we are all capable of having a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Our text this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke. So if you would, you got your physical Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of Luke. We're going to be in chapter 6. If you have your electronic devices finally available because your kids are in the kids' classes, you feel free to use those electronic devices as long, of course, as long as you are confident, of course in your ability to fight off the temptation of the devil, to stay off of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and or any other social media platform that my 31-year-old self is not hip to yet. If you can fight that off, you go ahead and look on your electronic device. But for the rest of us, it'll be up here on the screen for you. Join me in Luke chapter 6. We're going to begin our reading this morning in verse 12. The Gospel of Luke says this, In these days, he, meaning Jesus, He went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his twelve, or excuse me, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called a zealot. And Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Can't let that man live. Just had to slide that in there. I see you, Luke. And he came down with them 
and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people whom all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him, and he healed them all. This is the word of God, and we firmly believe it with our lives to be true. What Jesus is modeling, or what we can glean as a model, I should put it that way, what we can glean as a model for the way to live our lives spiritually is found entirely in what Jesus did in just these few short passages. Jesus exhibited in just these few short verses the three major ways that we are to live in relationship during our spiritual walk. Being that there are three, and you know that I love three points, it should be of no surprise that the shape of the day is a triangle. Amen? We're calling this shaping the church because it's by this principle that we will lead and live our spiritual lives together. The first, the first relationship that we see Jesus exhibit in this passage is Jesus' relationship with who? God. God the Father. We see Jesus get away from the busyness of life. We see Jesus take a rhythmic time away from even his favorite people. We see Jesus not feel pressed in this instant to meet the needs of everyone around him, but feels spiritually compelled to get away and be with his father. We call this relationship our relationship up. Our relationship upward to our Father in heaven. For us, this is our regular rhythmic time of prayer. And I can already see in, in some of your eyes that, that you've, you've engaged with this before. I feel you. You should stick with me, though. Because this serves as a good reminder as none of us actually do this perfectly. And also, this is like one-third of where I'm going, but the first one mostly. This is our relationship with God. It's our time. It's our time away. It's our time that we engage with God. And it should both be regular. It should be daily that we spend time in, in the word. It should be even more regularly than daily. I can't really think of a word right now, but like hourly, momently, like secondly, that we are in prayer with our father as he is the source of everything as he is from whom we receive everything. We get our DNA from him. We get our thoughts from him. We get our inspiration from him. Yeah. And so we should regularly be looking in our daily lives at any opportunity we can to steal a moment away with him. Amen. But it should also, there should also come a time where you do this more than daily, where you take a whole set of time, maybe like a weekend or a week or a month, I don't know what your life's like, where you just go and you just spend intentional time with God and hearing specifically from him. This should be a regular rhythmic occurrence for us. 
The second relationship that we see Jesus show is his relationship with who? His disciples. When he comes down off the mountain, not beforehand. Notice there was no application process. He said, let me go talk to my father. And after I talk to my father, I think I will know what to do with the rest of my time clearly. So he comes down off of the mountain. If you're not sure what to do with your time, if you're not sure how your schedule already got so busy and only 75% of the world is even open yet, if you're not sure how you're supposed to make it through your week, let me say you need to spend some time with the Father in heaven because after that you will have great clarity with what to do with the rest of your time. So he immediately comes down off of the mountain and he calls to himself 12 other individuals who are going to be known as the disciples or the apostles. We call this relationship your relationship in. This is your relationship with other believers. Jesus intentionally designed it for us to share spiritual community with those who can support and challenge us. We see it in the very beginning in Genesis. We see it all the way through the Old Testament. God's intentional plan is for everything to be done in community. Everything to be done with other people. When he was saving lives in Genesis 6, even then, he said, make sure you grab two at a time. Can't nobody be by themselves right now. That's not what I have in my plan. Spending regular time in community is God's intentional design for a part of our spirituality. And then the last relationship, we see him exhibit, what does he do after he's got the disciples? He goes out. He goes out to the people. And it said, everyone who came to him, they heard. Those who had spirits, in other words, those who had been tormented for long periods of time, those who had spiritual oppression over their lives, and those who had generational oppression over their lives, those who have never been a part of a system that worked perfectly for them, everyone who had those spirits were freed. Those who suffered from physical ailments, those who were sick, says Jesus healed them. Jesus spent his time, in this instance, reaching out, ministering to his community. It is a necessary part of our lives that we make sure that other people feel the presence of God in our lives. What I don't mean by that is necessarily all of the, like participating in all the trendy Christian culture things, right? Like I'm not talking about dressing in a certain way that as soon as you walk into the coffee shop, see I'm just getting stereotypical all the way here. As soon as you walk into this coffee shop, everybody knows like, oh, he loves Jesus because he's got the long tee and the tight pants and they're ripped right here. And the, like I'm not, I'm sorry if that's you today. I'm not coming at you. I'm just letting you know it's like a trendy thing. You look really good. Um, 
I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about leaving, leaving down uh, 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 tracks uh, as tips to your service workers. Please, in Jesus' name, tip your service workers with actual currency. Amen. You can leave the track too, but leave a five on top of it at least. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the way that you live your life, in the way that you just walk in the room and people just feel you all of a sudden, that's because the Spirit of God is in you. It's in your everyday relationships. It's in your home. My friend Eddie would say, be the most famous person in your own home. In other words, when you walk in, make sure everybody in your own home feels you, but also before they lay their heads down at night. Make sure your wife and your kids know that that's because God's inside of you, not because you're that dope of a person. When you're at work, when you're at school, when we get to rush back to playgrounds because it's warm outside consistently, Make sure the people around you know that that, that, that thing that's, that they sense about you is God. Because that thing that they can sense about you, when they recognize you as a person who has seen and experienced the resurrection of a risen God, their lives are enriched. They're set free. They're healed. And that's an important part of our lives. Now, I know you're probably thinking to yourself at this point, Pastor, you already went through your three points. You made all those jokes about my lunch reservation, but it looks like I'm going to hit it dead on. Nah, my brothers and sisters, that was point one. Here we go. There's a tension that we have to name in living this way. There's a tension we have to name Um, that tension is that what you just heard me say and what I hope you witness from Jesus is that it's that life in Christ is a balance of all three of those things. And I'm willing to bet that each of you in here recognized that there is at least one of these three areas that is actually a gaping hole in your life. And it's okay, I'm not coming for you. As I said in the beginning, nobody does this perfectly. And even as I'm speaking to you, I'm being convicted because I know which one of it is, which one of these it is for me. But there is a tension there because how do we have time for all three? Or, or, or how can I recognize that there is something missing? See, there is a consequence of imbalance. There is a consequence of imbalance. You can be getting a portion of it right. And praise God for that. I want to make myself clear that if you're not actively living into all three of these relationships, you're not, your salvation is not at risk, okay? But I do want to make clear that there are very evident consequences in our lives when the balance isn't in check. For example, can I give you an example? Can you go with me? Are y'all with me? When your life consists of, I'm going to give everyone in here credit, okay? I'm going to assume that everybody in here is good at at least two of these, 
okay? If you're only good at one of these, I know that the Spirit has already convicted you, so you'll deal with that in your own time. But let me speak to the rest of you that are like, I got two of the three, that's 67%. It may be a D, but D got me through college, amen. My mom just gave me a look of disgust. I'm just kidding, mom, I got better than D's, I promise, I promise. When your life only consists of the in and the out, when your life only consists of your rhythmic relationships with other believers, you do have your spiritual community. And our spiritual community together, or all of us hold each other accountable for, reaching out to those around us. The world absolutely knows that I love Jesus, and they ought to as well. When your life consists of those two things, you're still missing something. You're missing your relationship with the one that you claim to love. Amen. And it might be a strain right now. It might, be, it might be a little tough. But then I ask you, out of what power are you doing ministry then? Oh. Out of what truth are you encouraging or challenging your friends with? You need that relationship with your father. And the consequence of living with just in and out but no up is that you're exhausted. Somebody in here exhausted this morning? May I suggest that perhaps you're tired not because you have friends in from out of town right now and you stayed up too late last night opening cards and stuff. I'm just talking about me. May I suggest that you're not exhausted because, ugh, the pandemic has worn on us all. May I suggest that perhaps you're experiencing exhaustion not because of the busyness of your schedule. You have no idea how many activities my kids are in. But may I suggest that you're exhausted because it's been a long time since you've received what you needed from your Father in heaven. There's a consequence when we feel like our connection to God is strong. I hear from Him clearly. And now I'm gonna talk about myself for a minute. I hear from Him clearly. Out of what I hear from Him, I minister to anyone and everyone who's willing to listen to me. I love to reach out to my community. I love my community. Y'all have heard me say this before. It's going to take the audible voice of God and a text message from Jesus' direct cell phone line to get me to ever move my feet from Canton, Ohio. I love being in and ministering to my community, especially those in my city of which the number is great that are lost. I love it. And I feel like that flows directly out of my relationship with God, my prayer time, my Bible time. But there's a consequence because you're missing something, aren't you? You're not in relationship with other believers. You don't find yourself in community with those who get what you're trying to do. You don't find yourself in community with those who are equipped with the same spirit you got to support you. You're not 
surrounded by people who will lovingly tell you the truth that what you're doing is whack because while it may be getting public recognition while it may be reaching souls and let me be clear I believe that what you're doing is reaching souls your character is garbage my brother and that's gonna come down eventually Somebody's got to tell you that lovingly. And when you have that hole in your, lo- in your life, the consequence for you is that you constantly feel isolated. You feel like you're on an island. Nobody gets me. Nobody understands what I'm trying to do. The people around me, I can't confide in them because I'm ministering to them. God, yeah, he gets me, but you know, I, I, I'd like to have a body to hug sometimes. I feel alone. I feel on an island. I feel like nobody really cares. I feel so disconnected from our community. Well, maybe you're disconnected from your community because you ain't taking the invitation to come in because you're too busy praying and then reaching out. That sounds wild to say, but it's all three. And there's another consequence when you're like, man, I'm good. Me and God, good. Every morning on the way to Starbucks, I don't play music. I just talk to God. And then I get my Starbucks. And by the time that the caffeine hits me, I still don't play music because now that the caffeine is moving, I feel like God is speaking back. (laughs) I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Right? And... And my relationship in, man, I got the best friends in the world. I'm a part, I'm a part of the brotherhood, the sisterhood, right? I have my relationships. There are people who are also walking the spiritual thing out with me, and they encourage me, and they challenge me where it's appropriate, and, 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 and I love my, my little Jesus community. But you know dang well, don't nobody outside of that few people know that you love Jesus? You know that the people at work don't know that there's anything different about you than what's in them. You know that when you're in school, you're just there to check in and check out, but you're not actually convicted about checking in with those who are around you that have checked out of faith. That's for free. You can steal that later. There is no, there's no initiative inside of you to actually serve the body of Christ in any way. Well, I'm so busy. You know, I got my time in the morning with God, and I'm so busy with my Christian friends that any type of ministry is going to have to wait a little bit. This season, I got so much going on, I just need to be in here for a little while. Can I tell you the consequence of that? You're ineffective. Your faith is ineffective. And I know at least 40 people in here didn't like that. I know. I hear you. I feel you. It's a hard truth. I encourage you to let it marinate rather than instantly thinking about your defense back to me. If you thought immediately about your defense back to me, perhaps the Spirit of God is trying to tell you something else. Because in all honesty, your faith 
is not affecting the world around you. And if you don't see plainly from the scriptures that Jesus' faith affected the world around him, then ugh. Even on the cross, can we all just agree in general that's probably the hardest moment of Jesus' life? Even while he's being crucified, who's he calling out to? Father. Forgive them, Father. Father, help me. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. Also, while he's on the cross, he sees his mother, and he sees one of his disciples, and he says, hey, I need you all to take care of each other. I'm not going to be physically here anymore. This is your mother now. Mother, this is your son now. I need you all to stay in community. Don't let this, let this tear us apart. And then even one of the prisoners one of the criminals that were being crucified next to him, say, you really are Jesus. And he looks at him. And in his last little bit of outpouring, he looks at the convicted criminal next to him, being crucified for what would be legally justifiable reasons. Jesus says, you're going to be with me in paradise. One last ministry out. And it said with his last breath, even the soldiers that stuck the spear in his side recognized, dang, this is the Son of God. Even on the cross, even in the hardest moment of his life, even when everything was so overwhelming, he had to take every ounce of strength he had to just gasp for a stinking breath. He lives out all three of these. It's a balance. It's a balance, and it's important to exhibit all three. Now, let me say one more thing to you, and then I'm, I'm going to get out your way. At Third Street, as a church, as a community, we intentionally live these three things out. We want to make sure that there is an opportunity for all of us to do all three of these things together. Because sometimes people just need a little help, Amen. Sometimes you just need somebody who's really good at it when you're not to just encourage you, hold your hand, and bring you along the way. We want to make sure that there are always these three ways that we can engage together. Is it all right if I just go ahead and walk you through what those are real quick? Is that okay with you guys? In regards to our relationships with the Father, we have these Sunday morning gatherings for us to be able to do that together. See, contrary to the way we've treated it in America, the Sunday morning gathering is not really about your fulfillment. The Sunday morning gathering is not really about the preacher bringing a good word and the worship team making your soul feel good. That's not really what it's about. What the gathering is really about is a way for all of us to come together to worship and glorify God. Not worship and glorify ourselves, not be selfish and try and take from the tree, but to call out in praises our gratefulness for the fact that God has sustained us to see yet another Sunday. It's, it's for praise. 
It's for worship. The reason we do a word is so that we can together kind of recalibrate our systems to align so that we know we're all headed this way. And the beautiful thing that we want to express about our gatherings Mm -hmm. is that the kingdom of God is so beautiful that people from all types of places, people from all types of walks of life, people from all types of experiences and backgrounds can and shall worship together the same God. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. Our relationships inward. That's why we do huddles. It's why we have intentional spaces, excuse me, for you to be able to go and in in community with those who are also trying to live this out, process, what is God speaking to me right now? What am I going to do about it? Even right now, our content that, that most huddles are working through is the very stories and testimonies of what God is doing in the people right here in our own community. We do this because this is our way together, living inward with other believers. And then the last one, the last one, we'll, we'll call it outreach, but oh my goodness, there's so many things going on, I, I don't know how to summarize it in one word. Last night, I was so blessed. I get really blessed my soul to, to be down here. Um, and we weren't setting up the floor. We weren't setting up chairs. We weren't getting the cameras ready for y'all to be here. Last night, there were a whole lot of people that were in here to play basketball. There were a whole lot of people because there's a quality basketball league that happens right here in this gym. And, and while they're here, they, they get to play with some hoopers for sure. But they also hear a word that's going to enrich their lives. And in three short minutes in a, in a halftime speech, I, I was blessed. And just being around the people, guys, it's a community all in itself. Walking in and, and hugging guys that I haven't seen in over a year because they haven't been in this gym and they also either weren't invited to or didn't show up to the huddle that you had. But there's a whole community in here all the time. That's one night. There's high schoolers in here. There's middle schoolers in here. Grown men in here. And we need help. To be able to make sure that this stays a safe place for our community. We need help. And let me just tell you, if your only experience with Third Street, I'm not talking about today, but I'm talking about prior with this. If your only experience with Third Street was you started coming on Sunday mornings, you liked how the band sounded. And then because of the pandemic and we weren't doing that regularly, I did jump into a huddle. But you ain't never been to the Martin Center on a Monday through Saturday. Can I just tell you for free? You're missing it. You're missing it. If you never have taken the opportunity to volunteer with one of our community partners, can I just talk to you about Rahab for a minute? 
Can I just talk to you about the fact that a year ago at this time, there wasn't a house a few blocks over here for all of our women who work in the streets, but now there is because of our community partnership at Rahab. And if you've never even inquired about what they're doing or walked with them after dark one time because you're scared, you're missing it. If you've never even volunteered to help revitalize this neighborhood with the Renewal Project as a part of Habitat for Humanity, you're missing it. And I love you. Like, I hope, I hope you don't take this too harshly. Like, I, I love you. I love that you're here. You are a part of my family. But I want my family to experience the fullness of what God is doing. It's all three, y'all. If you're someone who's, who's been ministering at the Martin Center, and because you were at the Martin Center, because you came to Epic, you also started coming on Sunday mornings, but you haven't jumped in a huddle, you might not feel like family. Because that's really where family's built. We get to sit together and hang out together and eat together. Man, if you're watching this and you may or may not be in a huddle and you knew to watch this because you come to the Martin Center, but you've never been here on a Sunday morning, you're missing it. You're missing it. I know you can hear KT on a weeknight preach and get your word. I know you can go to, to Delu and Holly's living room and, and feel welcome and comfortable during the week. But if you're not here worshiping with us, there's a presence here that gets me through the week. There's a presence here that reminds me that God is the source of healing, that God is the source of freedom, and that all the things in my life that I deal with during the week that make me feel like I still wear chains, I'm reminded when I come in here because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, I'm actually free from those things. Yes. And that by the power of the resurrection of the dead, I have full permission by the God of the universe to look at those chains and tell them, nah. That's what I get in here. Family, it's all three. You really want to know what it's like to be a part of Third Street. You really want to know what it's like to have a relationship in Christ. It takes all three. While we move into response, we put questions up here to help you process. I'm going to read them to you because that blue on green is really difficult to see. Um, this is just for guidance. The Spirit speaking to you, don't look at the screen. Let that happen. But if you just need a little push in what's a process right now, I want you to look. I want you to ask yourself, how are your personal rhythms right now? Are you living into all three? I bet you not. Which one do you need to focus on? Which one needs some help? Are you feeling the consequence? That's what that word is, the blue on green. It's difficult. Are you feeling the consequence of imbalance in your life? Yeah, I do feel isolated. I actually came here hoping that I would feel less isolated. 
Yeah, I, 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 it was a hard word to hear, but I, I feel you. I do feel like my faith is ineffective. Or man, you said it for me. I'm exhausted. Are you feeling the consequence of imbalance? And if you are, what's the element of a life in relationship with Christ that you're missing? And lastly, let me ask you, if you're not getting the fullness of what God is doing in this community, how are you going to take initiative today to join the rhythm at Third Street? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your inspiration, Lord. We thank you for your spirit within us, that through your spirit, you are still actively speaking to us. God, we ask in this time that, that you would stir our hearts, that you would snap a thought in the front of our brains, and you would give us fresh revelation as to what it is you would have us do with the word that you have just spoken. God, we ask in this time of response that we would hear you clearly and that we would be compelled as we leave this space to take it with us. Because we know that everywhere we go, your spirit does as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. All who believe say, bless up.